Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Titus, Conduct Toward Those Outside the Church, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please check our show notes for links to our home website and other information you may want to know. Our show notes are found with every episode. We are located on 22 platforms. Check out the list under the podcast menu item on our homepage, found at unchurched.site123.me. Last week, February 28th, we examined the first part of conduct toward those outside the church. Who would have thought such a subject had comments in the Bible? Yet, it is there and worthy of examination. Our conduct to those of whom we know not their salvation state is very important. Having two forms of conduct, one form in the church and another form of conduct outside the church to the world around us, we will find is wrong. We have learned something of this already in Part 1. Last week we found in Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871, the following. To obey the commands of magistrates, not necessarily implying spontaneous obedience. Willing obedience is implied in ready to every good work. Are you ready and willing to at least attempt doing every good work? Do you forget things, even though you know them well, thus not losing possession of them in your mind while being non-compliant in them because of forgetfulness? Today, so many people have a handheld device that has alarms that can be set to remind us of the things we do not want to forget. Do you use such technology today to help you remember such things? They are just as important as the things you do keep reminders in your device for. This week, we dig deeper to see the other things this scripture passage has for us in the book of Titus. Who knew there was any scripture that relates to conduct towards others who are unsaved? Meaning, those outside the church we attend, if we attend. Not attending church does not excuse us in this regard. Generally, in America, whether a church attendee, a member or not, Americans are avoiding service and biblical conduct towards others on many levels. 
It is also important to note that even solid Christian brothers and sisters are now also outside the church. Regardless of how and or why you are outside the church, we are finding that Titus tells us there is associated conduct. Conduct that we are to employ as to how we live and interact with others, who are also outside the church, irrespective of whether they are saved or not. In Scripture, we read, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. They must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved to various passions and desires, spending our lives in evil and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of His mercy through the washing of the new birth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us in full measure through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so, since we have been justified by his grace, we become heirs with the confident expectation of eternal life. From Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. This week, we want to continue looking at the first three verses as this chapter opens strong. This week, we will look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 2 starts us off. It reads, They must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. Green's literal translation writes it this way, To speak evil of no one, not quarrelsome, but forbearing, having displayed all meekness to all men. We could sum those two statements in each verse this way, showing complete courtesy, meekness to all people. Notice a person's state of salvation is not mentioned. It does not specifically state the saved or unsaved among us. It says, show complete courtesy, meekness to who? All people. I think it is important to look at word meanings for both courtesy and meekness. The reason being is that our first impression of these word meanings is wrong based on how they are used in Scripture and how we interpret them in our language today. We take courtesy to mean polite behavior, a polite gesture, or remark. We take meekness to mean gentle or easily imposed on, submissive. Yet, these two words in the scripture usage here mean consent or agreement in spite of fact, indulgence, willingness or generosity in providing something needed, and showing patience 
and humility. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Those meanings are not the first meanings we assume when we read this passage in Titus or any other passage using these words this way. Furthermore, let's note this older meaning of these words. Courtesy. 1. Elegance or politeness of manners, especially politeness connected with kindness, civility, complacence, as the gentleman shows great courtesy to strangers. He treats his friends with great courtesy. 2. An act of civility or respect, an act of kindness or favor performed with politeness. Meekness, softness of temper, mildness, gentleness, forbearance under injuries and provocations. 1. In an evangelical sense, humility, resignation, submission to the divine will, without murmuring or peevishness, opposed to pride, arrogance, and refractoriness. Galatians chapter 5. I beseech you by the meekness of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Meekness is a grace which Jesus alone inculcated or used to impress something upon the mind of another by frequent instruction or repetition, instill, teaching others by frequent instruction or repetition, indoctrinate. Word meanings of both words from Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. Now, notice this. Inculcate means our Savior inculcates on his followers humility and forgiveness of injuries. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. That is a world of meaning from just two words to help us better understand this scripture passage as modern-day people who tend to have a more surface understanding of any scripture we read. How do we bottom line this subject? While seeming a bit overdone, I think it boils down best to this where verse 2 in Titus chapter 3 could read for us today as follows. They must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete elegance or politeness of manners, especially politeness connected with kindness, as the gentleman shows great courtesy to strangers, an act of kindness or favor performed with politeness, softness of temper, mildness, gentleness, forbearance, under injuries and provocations, humility, resignation, submission to the divine will to all people. I think you can see that verse, too, is saying something far greater than one will understand at first read. This is especially true here in the upper educated peoples of America who are saved or not and especially those in America who are well-educated 
and unsaved. In America, this is how our witness to the unsaved has fallen. Many unsaved see those calling themselves a Christian, born again or not, under that veil so well crafted by the so-called saved and elite. Notice this final comment from commentary on this verse. Gentle, towards those who attack us, yielding, considerate, not urging one's rights to the uttermost, but forbearing and kindly, see Philippians chapter 4 verse 5. Very different from the innate greediness and spirit of aggression towards others which characterize the Cretans. Unto all men, the duty of Christian conduct towards all men is the proper consequence of the universality of God's grace to all men, so often set forth in the pastoral epistles. From Robert Jameson, A. R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. How do you define all men? Only all men who are saved in Christ? Or, literally, all mankind? Both men and women? All mankind is what is meant here in Titus chapter 3, verse 2. Where are you in your walk with Christ and this passage? Titus chapter 3, verse 3 reads, For we too were once foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved to various passions and desires, spending our lives in evil and envy, hateful and hating one another. In Green's literal translation, it also reads, For we also once were senseless, disobedient, led astray, slaving for various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. In either translation, that is a very bold statement. You cannot push the meaning of what was said beyond or into something else because of how direct verse 3 is spoken. Commentary tells us about verse 3. The Spirit and His saving gifts and grace come through Christ as a Savior, whose undertaking and work are to bring to grace and glory. Justification in the gospel sense is the free forgiveness of a sinner, accepting him as righteous through the righteousness of Christ received by faith. God, in justifying a sinner in the way of the gospel, is gracious to him yet just to himself and his law. As forgiveness is through a perfect righteousness and satisfaction is made to justice by Christ, it cannot be merited by the sinner himself. Eternal life is set before us in the promise, the Spirit works faith in us, and hope of that life Faith and hope bring it near, and fill with joy in expectation of it. From 
Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. Our own past sins should lead us to be lenient towards those of others. Despise none, for such wast thou also. As the penitent thief said to his fellow thief, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? But when, that is, now, a favorite contrast in Paul's writing, that between our past state by nature and our present state of deliverance from it by grace, as God treated us, we ought to treat our neighbor. Foolish, wanting right reason in our course of living, irrational, the exact picture of human life without grace. Grace is the sole remedy for foolishness. Hateful, hating, correlatives, provoking the hatred of others by their detestable character and conduct and in turn hating them. From Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Now, just what is Titus chapter 3, verse 3, and commentary telling us? Notice how verse 3 opens. It starts, For we also once were. It is reminding the reader of what we have come from before we became saved in Christ. The verse then tells us what we also have come from. Here is the list. We who are saved once were senseless, disobedient, led astray, slaving for various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Does that sound like another passage of Scripture? Maybe in Galatians chapter 5? If we really are in Christ as saved people, these are the things that are no longer a part of us. We are working hard to stop our following the temptation leading us into these noted behaviors. This is why commentary told us, our own past sins should lead us to be lenient towards those of others. When others commit any sort of sin, many American Christians jump on such a sinner with all manner of judgment and condemnation. Our first response, as shown here in Scripture and commentary, should be more instructive, helping, and lenient. Is this not the patience we are instructed to have towards others? Now, notice commentary when it said, Justification, in the gospel sense, is the free forgiveness of a sinner. Did you notice that statement? The free forgiveness of a sinner? Is what is said quite clearly. It did not specify any particular type of sinner. It also said that justification towards a sinner is free, the free forgiveness of a sinner. 
If anyone charges money for this, it is not free. Even Scripture says that Christ gives us salvation without cost. Clearly, if this is true, one cannot purchase their way into heaven as many think they can. If this is true, how does it work? In this regard, we read, Accepting him as righteous through the righteousness of Christ received by faith. God, in justifying a sinner in the way of the gospel, is gracious to him, yet just to himself and his law. As forgiveness is through a perfect righteousness, and satisfaction is made to justice by Christ. It cannot be merited by the sinner himself. That tells us we cannot do enough good works, acts of kindness, or love others as to help us enter into kingdom life with Christ and God our Father. We need to accept Christ or, as some say, be converted to Christ in order for us to be forgiven in the same respect that Scripture and commentary is speaking. So, are you truly saved in Christ, or are you foolish and hateful? If we are hateful, we are provoking the hatred of others by their detestable character and conduct, and in turn, hating them. Foolishness causes us to be wanting right reason in our course of living. We're irrational, the exact picture of human life without grace. Grace is the sole remedy for foolishness. So, are we truly God's own children, or are we arrogant with pride, foolishness, and hatred towards others saved or not? If someone is unsaved, is it any wonder why they do not want life in Christ? If prideful, foolish, and hateful people who say they know God as Lord and Savior are those of whom the unsaved are hearing, is it any wonder they refuse your witness of Christ to them? Next week, we will look at part three of this examination of Titus chapter three. Remember, this year we are doing a more in-depth Easter study to promote spiritual growth. Titus, we believe, gives us what is a good study for this purpose in this leading time to Easter. Play or download next week's episode, Titus, Conduct Towards Those Outside the Church, Part 3, from one of our podcast hosts. or. Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. 
We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ, Himself, and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.